Welcome to the Apartment Investor Show, where we help you get smart and invest smarter in multifamily real estate. I am your host, J.C. Castillo, founder and managing principal of the Multifamily Property Group. And joining me, as always, is my good buddy, my co-host, the godfather of lending, Mr. Paul Peebles, national underwriter for Old Capital Lending. Polly, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm doing great, J.C. We're getting excited for the Old Capital Conference coming up here in October. You know, that is not a conference for people that are just interested on getting into multifamily. It is really a conference for higher level math. So we take it that a lot of people go through mentoring and educational programs, and they're already believers in multifamily. So that's not really to them. It's to the, the next level of investors, people that may have done their first, second, or third deals, and they want to get up to the minute knowledge about what's going on. We're going to have uh, listing brokers from Texas, of course, and then from Phoenix, and from Georgia, from Atlanta. And we're going to have the best economists out there talking a little bit about what's going on, what you should be doing, what you, be, you should be looking for. And so uh, you definitely want to try to attend the Old Capital Multifamily Conference. So go to oldcapitalconference.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. So I got that out of the way. Polly, I am an annual attendee of the Old Capital Conference, and every year I'm blown away by the quality of the, uh, the content that you guys put out. Um, I highly recommend anybody out there listening. If you're into multifamily investing, uh, this is kind of a, a do not miss type of deal. And this year you're going to be virtual. So uh, that's actually a new twist. We're going to be virtual this year. And what we like about it is that there's a lot of, a lot of conferences out there, but a lot of conferences, it's kind of a one-way channel that the speaker just talks to uh, the uh, folks attending. This is going to be an opportunity for listing agent, listing, uh, uh, it's going to be general partners uh, and uh, limited partners kind of getting together and talking. So you're really going to have an opportunity to meet a general partner if you're thinking about investing in one of their deals. And if you're a general partner thinking about trying to meet as many limited partners as possible. So we're going to do some of these virtual uh, meetups inside uh, uh, our program. And it gives you about six hours of getting to know other limited partners or other general partners. So make sure you attend the oldcapitalconference.com. Well, Paulie, so, I'm already signed up and I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully we'll see great. everybody out there. So this is going to be an important podcast, really, because it's just going to be JC and I. And what we really want to talk about is some of the things that can get you through um, maybe a problem in the future with multifamily. And again, we're always very positive on multifamily. We, we love multifamily, but we want to kind of talk about some of the things that, uh, how to protect your assets, how to protect your assets. Yeah. Uh, in case the, the market kind of declines or your renters are not there or something happens. And so really the theme of the podcast is how do you protect your, your assets? So uh, I have a kind of a top five list and we can kind of talk a little bit about that. So uh, I'm going to let J kind of JC kind of take it from there. So let's go through how to save your ass. Well, you know, Polly, um, we are definitely not uh, chicken little sky is falling type of people, but we are realists and every different industry goes through uh, cycles. Uh, you know, you and I just speaking from experience, we've been through uh, multiple cycles between the two of us. Uh, the most recent one being the great, uh, the great financial recession of 2008. And so I think that, you know, for all the listeners out there that, that sort of follow uh, multifamily and that are serious about investing, I think that it's really important for, for people to understand um, where we are in the market cycle right now and sort of what potentially are some of the things that can uh, continue to go wrong uh, 
post uh, pandemic here as we head into the new year with the elections coming up. And, um, and I think that what we really want to do is sort of give a little bit of an experience and in a, in a, in a snapshot of some of the things that we've seen that can work really well to protect uh, your multifamily investment position uh, when things aren't going as well as, as they have in the past. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the top five things that you can do to protect your assets in a downturn. Well, let's jump on it. Let's go, let's start at number five, or do you want to start at number one? We'll we'll start at number five. We're going to go with um, the number uh, five reason or the way to protect your assets is focus on reserves. Um, you know, people, the rule of thumb that I always use for reserves, and re- again, reserves are your cash position in your piggy bank uh, for your operating account uh, that's going to protect you in a rainy day. Um, I usually like to go on the simple math of about a thousand dollars per unit uh, in reserves at all times. And so in a standard operating condition, stabilized property, you're looking at about 100 units, you're going to have about $100,000 in uh, an operating reserve account that you can draw onto in really tough times. Um, now, in, as we head into a downturn, and as we look into to this particular downturn, what, what we, you typically want to do is really focus on increasing that reserve um, to account for any extra unforeseen uh, financial difficulties during a downturn. So I would recommend that you want to sort of look to shoot at least 25 to 50% increase in your reserves. So if you've got that same 100 unit building, you really want to be around 125 to 150,000 minimum. And if you can get it up to 175,000, you know, the math works just as well as if it's a 200 unit or 300 unit building, but get your reserves up. If you don't have the reserves in the account and you need to increase your reserves, uh, one thing that you can do is maybe hold off on owner distributions for one quarter. Um, you can be pretty clear with your investors about um, the reasons why. Uh, you know, it's not that you're that we're in trouble yet, but you want to be uh, cautious. And that's a lot better of a situation than having to do a capital call, which you do not want to do. You don't want to have to call up your investors and ask them to put some money in after the fact because you're low on funds. Um, so reserves, Polly, is my number five tip on how you can protect your assets. I think that's a that's an important one. And people who invest with you in these transactions, I mean, if they're investors, they understand some of the, the trials and tribulations that go through some sometimes from the economy. And most of the time that if you communicate correctly and you tell them what you're up against and you're not going to get a distribution for this month or for this quarter and they can see the numbers and they can see you're trying, I think they're, they're very good. It's the, it's the folks that don't communicate with their limited partners and the money doesn't show up. But the people who have you know, been receiving this cash on distributions for the last, say, year or two and all of a sudden something doesn't come, that's where they get pissed off. And that's where you can, can have a, a revolt in your partnership where one person says to another person and then all of a sudden it becomes a chain. And then you know, that, now, they, now you can start to have a revolt in your deal. So communication, be 100% transparent about what's going on, send them the financial statement and put a little, some great commentary about what you're seeing. So great one. 100% agree, Polly. All right, let's go to number four. Number four. All right. Number four uh, thing that you can do is significantly reevaluate your CapEx spending. If not, completely put it on hold uh, for a temporary uh, um, time during a downturn. So, you know, in, in the good times um, and, and when things are going normal according to, uh, a, you know, a, a, func- a, a properly functioning economy, um, a lot of these deals that we take over have some element of repositioning where we're going to take some money 
and we're going to go in and maybe we're going to spruce up the property. We're going to, you know, do some stuff to the property, like, you know, put some extra paint on the exterior. We're going to add some amenities. Uh, we're going to go into the interiors of the units and we're going to upgrade them with granite countertops and, and new fixtures and new appliances, et cetera, et cetera. When a downturn hits, okay, you, you kind of want to really be careful about spending any money. The name of the game in the downturn is to preserve your capital position. And so if you've got a big CapEx budget and you head into a, a, a regular operating economy and all of a sudden something happens like the pandemic, what you really want to do is put everything on hold and really see what you absolutely have to do to continue to have the property functioning at a, at a normal mode. You don't want to, you know, you got to keep your, you know, your, your golden goose happy. So you don't want to uh, start to not do the stuff that's con that has to be done to keep the property in, in workable condition, but all the bells and whistles, you want to completely reevaluate that. And my recommendation in this sort of a downturn is just decide to put everything on hold because you can always reevaluate a, a year from now or six months from now when you see the economy coming back and you can decide to turn that faucet back on with CapEx and then go fix up the property and you can decide to do upgrades. Um, speaking of upgrade units, you know, one of the things that I think that, that I think owners can sometimes miss the boat on is that you have to really think like a renter uh, when it comes to upgrading your units. You know, in a normal functioning economy, upgrades are great because everybody's got great jobs, everybody's happy, and they're more than happy to pay an extra hundred or hundred and fifty dollars a month, let's say, to move into a, a, a unit with granite countertops and stainless steel appliances, et cetera. But when the downturn hits, you know, a lot of these renters are going to be concerned about having a job next month. And they may be working now, but they may be thinking about saving a couple of extra dollars just in case. And so in that particular situation, you really want to be aware of what the mindset is for your customer. And so you may want to consider moving over to an economy uh, unit turn to get you through the downturn, meaning that, you know, maybe you don't put in the granite countertops. Maybe you just spray the existing countertops and make them look pretty, you know, make it look fresh and clean and make sure it's functional, but you keep the same appliances. You don't swap them out. And you're able to, instead of charging an extra $150 for that unit, you can actually charge an economy price for that unit. And what that does for the renter is it gives them a nice value that they can get. They can still move into a really properly operated and well-functioning unit and property, but they're not paying those upgraded prices. And I think that's going to be a good thing for both the renter and also for the owner when a downturn hits. So consider, uh, reconsider your CapEx spending. That's my number four tip on how to protect your assets. Hey, Jason, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, having money for reserves is fantastic, but having money for rehab that you thought you were going to be able to do right at the front, uh, you know, Fannie and Freddie right now are go that we're going through this pandemic with is that they're saying instead of putting money in rehab immediately, why don't you hold that money over to, the, over to our side to make sure that you make your payments on time and so that we're putting whether it's nine months or 12 months or 18 months to be held by Fannie and Freddie to make sure those, those numbers, uh, you can continue to make your payments. And then after we're out of this pandemic, then th those rehab dollars can come back to you for you to rehab the property. So I absolutely agree that maybe stop rehab during this period of time, keep a little bit more classic units and then, and, and then upgrade them after the kind of the, the pandemic is, is, is washed away. So let's go to number three. 
Well, Polly, number three, you know, and this is, this is one that's near and dear to my heart as, as a company that we are, you know, owner operators. So we are um, self-managing. We have our own property management company. You, and in a downturn, what you really have to do is double down on the customer experience, okay? And what I mean by the customer experience is, you know, all these, all these renters uh, that are living at your property, um, when a downturn hits, um, you, you do see a little bit of a drop-off in, in, in overall occupancy ac- across the, the different markets and, and the local competitors that you're, that you're seeing. And so they're, they're going to start aggressively uh, going after uh, your customer that's living at your property. And so if, you're, um, if your customer experience is less than, less than par, uh, less than optimal, uh, maybe you're working with a third-party management company that's just not doing the right things with your, with your customers, you're going to be a little bit more exposed in a downturn to potentially lose some of those renters to uh, some of your competitors. So, you know, it's all the simple things uh, when I say customer experience. For example, you know, can your, can your residents pay rent online? Do they have to come into the office to, to submit a work order? Um, when they submit a work order, does the, man, does the maintenance person show up immediately and fix it right the first time? Um, is the manager courteous uh, to, to your customer? All these things that go along with keeping your customer happy are things that become so much more important um, in a downturn. And so I think that you know, really focusing on the customer experience is the name of the game because at the end of the day in a downturn, uh, unlike uh, in, in, in a regular functioning economy, you really want to ke- you care more about keeping the butts in the seats. Uh, you know that is making sure that the people that have the opportunity to renew their lease when it comes up to the year renewal that they're actually going to do that because them leaving is actually going to cost you a lot more money in a downturn. That's not something you want. So focus on the customer experience, double down on that, and that will definitely save your bacon in a downturn. Number two, Polly, uh, and we're going right along the lines of sort of keeping in the theme of resident retention. So number, uh, our number two tip that you can do is to focus on resident retention, okay? So in a normal operating economy, um, and when you're in the middle of upgrading units and, and repositioning a property, um, you're really not as concerned with losing a few residents here or there because you're going to be upgrading the units and increasing the rent. And so turnover is actually, in some cases, is going to be good for you. That kind of gets flipped on its head in a downturn. Uh, When a downturn hits, it really becomes more critically important to keep the existing butts in the seats um, than it is to get get new butts in the seats. And the simple reason is you're really not able to upgrade your units anyways because nobody can really pay for a premium product. And so the worst thing in that situation is that you got a bunch of people leaving your property on on the back end. So, you know, focusing on resident retention means that you really have to spend a lot of time thinking about the person that's actually living at your property and how you're going to keep them happy as opposed to worrying about the person that you're going to go try to get through advertising to come and call your property to fill up the vacants. Um, So resident retention really becomes super critical uh, during a downturn. Occupancy, high occupancy is the name of the game. When a downturn hits and they normally hit fast, just like we saw with the pandemic, um, you tend to, to, to lose occupancy pretty fast if you're not paying attention. And when you're in the middle of a downturn, it's very, very difficult to get your occupancies back up. It's a lot harder than a regular normal economy. So it becomes so much more important to immediately um, start tackling uh, resident retention, you know, paying attention to things like renewal rates, you know, how much are you charging for the residents to renew their leases? 
if you've got a big delta between a resident that's ex in an existing lease and the market rate that you're charging for renewals, you can think about putting in a, some sort of a rental cap or, or a rental rate cap on a renewal. Let's say it's 50 or 100 bucks. So that just in case that the market is $200 above their current lease, if it's 200 bucks, they're probably going to leave. But if you put a cap on that and sign them up for a six-month lease instead of a 12-month lease, you can keep them in that unit and inch them up over 12 months to that market rate and not lose the tenant, which is going to save you thousands of dollars in uh, renovations and, and downtime. Um, so these types of things are things that you can do to really focus on resident retention. JC, that's an excellent point. Uh, i tell you the reason why is because in a downturn market, you want to kind of be the first one to start to reduce your rents a little bit just to make sure the momentum's behind you. Uh, because if you don't reduce rents, these people are going to walk. Uh, everybody's kind of a consumer. And then if they don't see that you're, you're going to play ball with them, they're going, to, they're going to leave. And if they leave, it's going to cost you a lot of money to turn over that unit, you know, clean it, pay, uh, uh, put paint on it, uh, spend money in marketing to get that property redone there's a lot of cost on a, on a turnover of a unit. So it's better to, for you to try to reduce the rents by 30 or $40. Yeah. And if you, and it, even if you have to take a small hit in the meantime, uh, as you said, that's much better than taking a huge hit on the back end with all these costs that are going to happen when the people uh, vacate the unit. Yeah. And not, and what's your number one, you know, here we go. My number one, right my now. number one tip guys out there, guys and gals, um, you guys have to focus on, on watching your KPIs or your key performance uh, indicators religiously. Um, if you don't have KPIs or if you don't want know what KPIs are, then you should figure it out real quickly. Uh, key performance indicators are basically the 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 really quick um, glance. I you know glance at it real quick. Tell me whether my property is hitting my numbers or not. So things like you know how much income is coming in, how much delinquency do I have in a month. Uh, what are my expenses like? Um, you know, what's my projected occupancy like? How are my work orders being serviced? Do I have a bunch of aging work orders? Um, if you don't have uh, simple bar charts and KPIs that come directly out of the property management software somehow, and you can work with your, your property management company to do that, if you don't have those real-time data points, that's going to make it really difficult for you in a downturn to make these critical decisions that have to happen really at the snap of a finger because it, it can be the difference between saving your bacon or not. So, you know, my number one tip is to really double down on understanding. First of all, if you have KPIs, key performance indicators, make sure that you have them. And if you do have them, make sure that you're actually using them so that you can go and actively manage wherever things are broken and not fixed. And you can go problem solve immediately because in a downturn, it becomes that much more critical. What's interesting about that is that you think some experienced operators would be looking at their KPs, KPIs all the time. And one of the things that come, comes up that I see in people making discussions to their limited partners is they keep on telling me that we have 98 or 99% occupancy. And then what, you know, what, then everybody says, oh my gosh, it's fantastic. You know, 98% occupancy. That's, you're, you guys are doing great, but the true, true metal in the, in the equation is how much money are you actually freaking collecting? <laughs> yeah. And so you may have a lot of people that have, you know, their heads in the beds, 
but if they're not collecting the rent, you know, and that are, you know, they may be at 85 or 82%, you know, economic occupancy. I don't really get care about the 98 or 99%. I mean, you're, you're just kind of running a boarding house that people are taking advantage of you. So we really, you know, as I say, it's, it's easy to put the people into the, into the, the units. The tough part is collecting all the money. And so that's really what they pay you for is to collect all the money. So you got to keep an eye on not just the occupancy of the properties. Take a look at the, the bank accounts, uh, how much money is coming in on a, on a monthly and weekly basis, almost on a daily basis. You should be looking at the numbers for the first four or five days of the month uh, of what's going on and kind of figuring out maybe there's some prepaid rents for the last five days of the month before coming into the, the new month. But if you're not paying attention to what collections are, the only thing you're focused on is occupancy issues, then you're, you're cheating yourself. And you, and you would be surprised how many people the only thing that, that limited partners or even general partners focus in on are occupancy. Yeah, I mean, KPIs really are the key. You know, uh, these businesses are run on data. They're not, they're not run on how you're feeling or how you think the people are feeling. I mean, we've got to really look at the numbers and we've got to be able to make immediate decisions based on what the data is telling us. And if you don't have the data in front of you in a really easily digestible format, then you are going to miss uh, some red flags and they could potentially bite you in the butt. So, Polly, why don't we go ahead and review a quick uh, 54321 on these top five ways that you can protect your assets. We talked sure. about reserves. Make sure you get those reserves up. Um, we talked about reevaluating to putting on hold your CapEx spending. Um, and we talked about doubling down on your customer experience, making sure that you've got the best customer service out there when you're competing for these residents to come live at your property. And we talked about resident retention. Focus on keeping the butts in the seats. Don't let those people slip out the back door. It costs you a lot to put that, that person back in that seat. And our number one tip is focus on KPIs, key performance indicators, know your data and make decisions on your data as needed at the drop of a dime. That's it, Polly. That's what we've got. Top five. That's great. Now, JC, you're an operator. I'm a limited partner in transactions. And I'm, you know, and I'm also the bank. I'm the lender that brings 75 to 80% of the money. But as an op operator, let everybody kind of know what, what you guys do. What, what do you do, JC? Well, you know, Polly, what we really do at the core of, of it all is, is we really help uh, investors uh, make the right investment decisions when it comes to multifamily. You know, we're not here to talk to you about the stock market. We're not here to talk to you about a lot of the stuff that we don't really know about. We think there's other people that have a, a better uh, educated position to talk to you about. But when it comes to diversifying into real estate, it comes to diversifying into multifamily real estate, which has done pretty well uh, during the pandemic, that's something we know everything about. And so if you're out there and you're wondering how to get started, or if you're looking for some advice, um, you can go to our website, multifamilypropertygroup.com. Again, multifamilypropertygroup.com. And you can literally just go to the homepage and click on the consultation button. And you'll be able to get a 50-minute consultation with myself. And I would be happy to sit down with you and see if there is a way we can help you out. Polly? That's great. I mean, you guys have been operators for a long period of time. I've, been, I've done this for 36 years. And so you have some experience in the room. So if you're thinking about investing in a hard asset, I would definitely talk with JC and Eric and, and their crew over at uh, Multifam Group. Uh, they, they do a great job. So again, uh, hopefully we see everybody at the oldcapitalconference.com, oldcapitalconference.com in October. Again, on behalf of uh, JC Castillo, I'm Paul Peebles. Have a great day.